Hey there, sis, and welcome to Tech Girls Cast, the podcast that is designed to empower aspiring female technologists to make their mark in the tech industry without getting lost in the process. My name is Jacqueline Corley, and I've been in the tech world for over 10 years, so I know what works and doesn't work when it comes to making your tech transition as smooth as possible. Join me every Wednesday as I give you my best tips and advice to make your transition into the tech world the best that it could possibly be. I'm so thankful that you are here and I cannot wait to go on this journey with you. Let's do this, sis. Welcome back to the podcast, sis. I'm so excited to be back on the podcast this week, and I have a very special bonus episode for you. Today, we have the interview that I did with cybersecurity professional Venetia, and she is at cyber.queen underscore on Instagram. And we did this interview I believe last year in 2021, in October, she was the very first person on season three of my Instagram show, Tech Girls Chat. And today I wanted to put the audio version of this on the podcast because I've had so many of you ladies who have asked me this week about being in cybersecurity. And so I found that to be something that is a real demand recently in the tech space. And so I wanted to share this interview with you all, just in case some of you may not be on Instagram or may want an easier way to access this interview and this information. Venetia is an amazing cybersecurity professional. And she actually um, is not only just a great friend of mine, but an amazing resource and has so many ways that you can plug in to learning about how to break into cybersecurity. And so I am very excited to introduce you to Venetia here on my podcast today as we talk about how to break into cybersecurity. So here's the interview. Well, good afternoon, Tech Girls Code family. I am so excited to be back for one of my favorite series of all time, which is the Instagram version of Tech Girls Chat. Now, if you have been following me for any period, you know that I have had Tech Girls Chat ever since Tech Girls Code officially started. And so, Season two ended in the end of June, and so I'm really excited to start out season three here in October. It's been a crazy quick three months, I feel like, but I'm so glad to be back doing one of my favorite series, and I am so excited to be starting off this series with none other than Venetia from Cyber Queen in honor of Cybersecurity Awareness Month. If you didn't know, October um, is actually Awareness Month for a lot of things, but one of them in the tech space is cybersecurity. And so I am so excited to um, invite my guest on, Venetia. She is a cloud security architect at Microsoft in South Africa, and I know that she is going to bless you guys with all the information that she has. And I will say, if you're not following her yet, you definitely want to do that 
before the end of this live or at least at the end of this live. So without further ado, let me ask Venetia to hop on. So let's see, here we go. <clears throat> Hi. <laughs> Hi, Jackie. How are you? Hi, I'm so excited to be doing this. I know we've been trying to do something together for a while now. So this is this is perfect. So how are you? How is your day going? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you. And yeah, it's been so long that we've been trying. So I'm really, really excited that we're finally getting to chat. Um, my, my day has been busy, but, but I'm mm -hmm. super excited um, for this live and just to chat with you and share knowledge and information like we do. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of the um, more exciting parts of the day. <laughs> Yes, yes, of course. So I like to start off by having my guests kind of share, you know, who they are, what it is that they do, if they work, where do they work? So just kind of tell us, you know, who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, for those who haven't met me yet or seen me around here on Instagram, I am Venetia. I am the founder of Cyber Queen, where basically it is my mission to, to help women succeed in cybersecurity. And in, on the other side, I also work at Microsoft. I am a security cloud solution architect, um, and that's what I do uh, in my day-to-day -day life. So I'm a cybersecurity professional, over 10 years of experience, and I've, I now want to, you know, just come to part with sharing some of the information and knowledge that I have really to empower and enable others to succeed in cybersecurity. Yay, so awesome. So I know you said that you work at Microsoft. And so can you tell us what your job actually is at Microsoft? Personally, I don't really know what a cloud security architect does. I don't even know if I'm saying the title correct. <laughs> But kind of tell us, um, what do you actually do there? Yeah, sure. So, so yes, absolutely. It is a cloud security architect or a security cloud architect, whichever, doesn't really matter. Um, so I am basically... I need to have knowledge about all things security. And then with the addition of knowledge about cloud, cloud technology, cloud architecture, organizations moving to cloud, we sort of put security and cloud and technology together. And I basically help organizations with um, digitizing their businesses securely. So I'm the advisor. Um, I'm the person that people trust with the knowledge and information in terms of how their technical architecture can be moved securely to cloud. In, in short, that's what I do. Awesome. And someone asked a really good question, too. Is there a certificate for a cloud security architect? What would you say? So there, there are many certifications for a cloud security architect, but what you will find is those are quite advanced certifications um, because from a cloud architect perspective, you really need to have um, a lot of knowledge about a lot of different things. And so if you're, if you're just starting out, there might not be, there's not going to be a, a certification that's just going to help you become a cloud architect because that requires, it does require some experience um, and some further advanced knowledge. 
But if you're a security professional currently in the field, then yes, there are a number of um, cloud uh, certifications from ISE Squared, there's a CCSP, Microsoft has some, Amazon has some, even Google has some. Um, so those are definitely options that can be explored for more advanced type of people in the field. So, so, so good. Now, I kind of want to transition. I loved that question because I was also about to ask, do you need a degree to get into cybersecurity? So what would you say in regards to that? And if so, would, would a degree be helpful in this? Yeah, so would you need a degree is an absolute must? No, um, I firmly do not believe that it is an absolute must. If you have a degree, will it help you? Yes, it will. Okay, because there's, um, especially with the Masters in Cybersecurity degree, what I've seen with that program is, it's a very vast program. So it covers a whole lot of topics, but you don't necessarily go deep into any of these topics. And so that can be a good thing and also a not so good thing because, um, because at the end of the day, if you're trying to get into the workplace, then you're trying to focus and specialize. And that's really how you get in your first job. So even when you do the master's in cybersecurity degree, it is a great program to do, but you have to then post that or in parallel to that, do some certification and, and do learn the skills in order to master into one focus domain so that you can solidify yourself and get an actual job in one focus domain like a security analyst or a security engineer, you know, or a vulnerability assessor, incident responder, etc. So, so, yeah. I love that you said that, and I really, really, really want to add this part because um, if you guys have been following me for any period of time, you know that I was once a professor. And one of the things that is so true is, you know, when you have, you know, master's degrees per se, there are specific areas in tech that you can actually study in your master's. I'm starting to see some now with bachelor's, but there aren't very many. But with the master's degree, they tend to be more specialized. And I love that you said, you know, that that whole degree introduces you to a vast part because it's almost the same with the computer science degree as well. The whole purpose of college is to introduce you to different areas of tech. And so one of the reasons why you don't necessarily need a degree to succeed in tech is because with the college degree, it's just really an introduction to a lot of the things, cybersecurity being one of them. And so what you're really going to want to do is you're going to want to specialize. I used to tell my students it's wise to specialize and certifications help employers and help companies to know what you actually are wanting to do in the field. So um, I did do the computer science degree, but I went the database route. And so that told, you know, employers what I wanted to do. So same thing with cybersecurity. Kind of along those same lines, one of the reasons that I mentioned that is because there are tons of areas in cybersecurity, I'm sure. And the biggest question I want to ask you is what's the difference between security and the cloud and just kind of like security in general that's not in the cloud maybe kind of like in a work setting that's kind of you know more centralized versus kind of like in the cloud on the internet so can you kind of explain that 
Yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, it's a great question because it is, it's so confusing. So in order to explain that, I'll contextualize a couple of steps back. So before we even had the whole boom of what we now call cybersecurity, we had information security, right? And information security is where we started with um, the whole CIA triad, confidentiality, integrity, availability. And those things just speaks to, you know, um, confidentiality, making sure the data is um, only accessible to who it is accessible, integrity, making sure nobody's modifying the data, and then availability, making sure that the data is always available. And that's really the three fundamental components of security, whether it's cybersecurity or information security. But the difference really comes into place when, when we saw the transition between the, the threats becoming really, really sophisticated and advanced. And now we needed security operation centers, we needed security analysts, we needed cyber threat hunters, etc. And everything was now happening in an entirely different realm. And so that's how it evolved into cybersecurity. But there is really not a difference between what we call the on-premise world of security and cloud security. What we're doing is we're specializing in the different scenarios um, where you find technology located. So on-premise, you know, that's in a data center where organizations really haven't moved their data into, into the cloud and they're not using security software as a service or platform as a service, et cetera. And, and so you get security professionals that have specialized in that world. And I've specialized in that world for many, many years. I worked as a networking engineer. I worked as a, an endpoint engineer, you know, systems engineer, all of these components, you know, helped me build, build my career as I moved forward. And now that we're moving to cloud, we're using those exact same principles and we're just applying it in the context of cloud where an organization now no longer owns the infrastructure, but the infrastructure is sort of provided by a massive cloud provider and the organization still has ownership of protecting their data and protecting their users. And so that is the fundamental thing that we've been doing for all these years. It's just now we're doing it in the cloud versus doing it on premise. But the principles that I'm applying in my day-to-day -day life is the exact same principles that I would apply as a security professional, even in an on-premise security architecture scenario. So good. And one of the reasons I asked you that question is because I, when I worked in my last developer job, we had, you know, centralized systems and then we had decentralized or remote or cloud systems. And there were so many different, you know, security things that we had to kind of keep up with. And so I love, love, love um, that answer to that question. Well, I think that probably one of the biggest things that people are wanting to know is how did Venetia get into cybersecurity? What was your journey like? Can you tell us? And are some of the things that were part of your journey some of the things that people will actually go through when they're going through cybersecurity? So kind of tell us that. Yeah, so my journey started really, really interestingly. I, I, I also did what I would call a graduate type program, I think similar to what's now called a master's, uh, probably in IT more than cybersecurity type program at that time, because it was like 12 or 13 years ago now, mm -hmm. it was very long ago. And so 
I did that, but what I did is I did that specific qualification that was meant to be over three years and I did it in a one year period. So that allowed me to actually enter the workforce at quite a young age because straight after that program, I actually started entering the workforce. And it, it was definitely not an easy and seamless journey. I started and I was like, I just wanted to get a job in tech. So I went for like even a remote support job. That was my first job that I ever got. But with the qualification that I studied, I actually uh, studied a networking specific qualification. And so, sorry guys, Jackie, I just want to check if my connection is okay before I continue here because it seems a little bit on and off. Is it okay? Oh, yeah, you're fine on my end. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. And so the second job that I went for was actually a networking engineer, a junior networking engineer job. And there's where I really made my entry into security because I was offered the role of an antivirus and firewall engineer and it was very very junior I was writing rules on firewalls and I was starting to understand you know this thing called networking and how traffic flows and protocols and the um, Aussie model and the seven layers and all these things and and that's really where I learned the fundamentals of traffic and how it flows and data and what we're trying to protect etc and then Thereafter, I spent about three years in that junior to mid-level engineering kind of role. And thereafter, I actually became a more senior engineer. And I was the person who actually went to go and install the infrastructure now. So instead of just supporting it, I was the person who went to set up the network, set up the firewall, install the infrastructure, etc. And one of my most interesting moments of that part of my career was I, I used to go to client sites and then I have this massive firewall in my hand and I'm carrying this firewall and I get to the client and I'm like, listen, I'm here to set up your network and install your firewall. And they would look at me and say like, really? <laughs> like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, I'm the engineer. <laughs> you know, there's no other engineer coming. I'm the engineer. I'm doing this. And, and, but that, taught me a lot. It taught me a lot of people skills. It taught me a lot of perseverance. You know, sometimes it was not easy to be that person and just go all over the place and go and install firewalls, etc. Um, and, and so that was a very interesting part of my life. Thereafter, I moved sort of to more of a consultative kind of space where I now understood, you know, the infrastructure and I understood the networks and the applications, etc. And now I could be able to consult and become a little bit more strategic and you know tell organizations what like from what they've invested in how to use it accordingly you know how to implement different security controls how to advance their network security etc and so i moved to a more consulting kind of role and thereafter i think was really one of the second pivots of my career was when i moved into the cybersecurity team of the largest bank in africa and uh, there i worked as a lead threat intelligence specialist and i built out the threat intelligence strategy and at that stage threat intelligence was so pretty new um, so it was something of discomfort utter discomfort it was like in completely out of my comfort zone it was something brand new to me to everyone so I was figuring it out along the way and I learned so much along the way and I really got so much exposure to 
incidents, threats, you know, what happens daily inside a financial services organization from a security operation center perspective, you know, how much threat intelligence helps organizations, etc. And so, so that was like really something that was really critical and it's still my favorite domain in security is threat intelligence. And thereafter, I actually moved to an insurance provider and I became the um, head of cybersecurity for that insurance provider. And I built the team uh, and I built an entire cybersecurity team. I built out red team services, blue team services, threat intelligence capabilities, security operation center, etc. And And, you know, that was obviously one of the highlights of my career and the most difficult job to leave, I think. And now I am at Microsoft. Uh, and this is the the destination for now for the last four four months is yeah, this is where I landed. So amazing. And I love that you shared that whole journey because I think sometimes when we transition into tech, people think, oh, it's just going to be like this and I'm going to go right into what I really want to do. But sometimes there is steps to what you actually want to do. And so I love that. Um, and sometimes I know one of the things that you're working at Microsoft, sometimes people think, well, you got to be a special person to work at Microsoft. You got to do all these things. But all of your experience led you to where you are now. And so if you guys are wanting that dream cybersecurity position, understand that it is definitely solidified for you, but your journey is probably going to be different, but it's also going to be necessary for you specifically to get to where you want to be. I actually only have one more question for you, but I know that there's some questions from others. So let's um, kind of get into those. The first one here that I see is, is getting a CompTIA, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, is it CompTIA? I don't know. Um, is getting yeah. that certification in security a good place to start? Yeah, absolutely. I I absolutely recommend CompTIA CompTIA Security Plus as your starting certification is is really really great because it covers all of the domains um, and it gives you that real context into what cybersecurity is all about and it also enables a person that doesn't necessarily know yet where they want to focus it, it's a good certification a good starting point but it also gives you that view of where you might want to focus which components you might like and might not like so yeah absolutely recommend CompTIA. okay awesome um, another question that we have here is how to get into pen testing without master degree? Can you specify a few certifications? I know we kind of talked a little bit about certifications, but are there any, I guess, specifically for pen testing you'd recommend? Yeah, so again, uh, from CompTIA, there's the Pentesc Plus uh, certification. That's a good one. Um, EC Council has got a CH certification. There is SANS has got a GPEN certification, but I wouldn't necessarily do that one to start out because that one can be quite pricey and um, you don't necessarily want to do that one if, if you're trying to figure out if it's still what you want to do or you're still trying to get into the workplace, maybe start with CompTIA and EC Council. And then obviously the great, great one is the um, OSCP, OSCE certifications. Those are really, really solid certifications. And I know, you know, if you have those, the, the thing about those is that it, it's, it requires hands-on 
um, execution of pen test uh, labs, et cetera, during the certification window. And so that's why most employers actually ask for at least an OSCP certification on your resume in order to, um, to get a job in pen testing, because then they know you can actually do the work. You've got the skills to do, to do the work. So good. Love, love, love that advice on that question. And thank you to the person for asking that. Next one we have is, whoops, hold on. Let me remove this one. <laughs> Next one we have is, could I add you on LinkedIn? I'm working on building up my cybersecurity network. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's great. Uh, I I think that my LinkedIn link is in my link in my bio on Cyber Queen. So you can definitely add me on LinkedIn. And that's so great. Well done for having a LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. And so many people that I speak to, I always advise people to have a LinkedIn profile because it is such a powerful place to build your profile and to, you know, share information and build a, a visibility for potential employers to find you. So yeah, absolutely. Everyone have a LinkedIn profile and definitely add me. Yeah, there's so many things you can do on LinkedIn. I mean, even to the point of creating a resume if you don't have one, guys, did you know LinkedIn allows you to do that? So crazy things you can do on there now. Um, but yes, if you don't have a LinkedIn or you haven't updated yours, definitely want to do that ASAP. Okay, so next one. In your opinion, which cybersecurity position has the most remote opportunities? Yeah, that's an interesting question, a great question. <laughs> so, I mean, I think a cybersecurity job really can be done from anywhere. There are uh, sometimes limitations in terms of, let's say, for example, um, incident response kind of roles where you need to go on site because that organization network is brought down because of an issue and, you know, need to go respond to an incident. But I mean, most cybersecurity roles can be done remotely. And so I would say red team roles, so kind of pen testing um, and those types of roles, security researcher roles are very commonly remotely. There are even global so you even have people sitting everywhere right around the world and uh you know doing these jobs for organizations globally um another thing is cloud security professionals often remote we i've never seen my offices um and then the other ones are security analysts or even vulnerability assessors i think probably 90% of cybersecurity roles can be remote. Um, it's just that if they're on a full-time basis, you probably have cloud security researchers um, and more the red team kind of people doing work remotely all of the time. Awesome, awesome. I do want to add another thing in there too. Um, are there a lot of, are, are there like other cloud opportunities maybe that are remote? do you know of? Yeah, so, um, so cloud, are you specifically referring to cloud security opportunities or cloud in general? Um, yeah, maybe cloud security or either or, whatever it is that you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so definitely. So from a cloud perspective, I mean, there are uh, cloud security engineering roles that's remote. Um, even in the on the software development side, uh, many organizations, including Microsoft, are looking for uh, DevSecOps. So um, developers that want to move into security and they have a little bit of security context, then there are those DevSecOps positions. There are security product manager roles. So that's, you know, really the not so technical kind of role and you want to get into security. Those are remote roles and you deal with teams across the globe. And, and there are security assurance roles from an Amazon perspective that I know that are remote um, as well as customer engineering roles from an Amazon perspective as well that's remote. So yeah, there's kind of different job families. And at the moment, Everything is, is remote for those job families. Awesome. Love those. I think we have one more here in the question box. Where can you get experience as a computer science student, especially in South Africa? Great, great question. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I know of a lot of organizations that's, that's currently doing internships or that have graduate and internship opportunities. So, I mean, um, if you are looking for specific like organization names that I can recommend for you, especially here in South Africa, then please do DM me after this live and I'll, I'll share that information. Um, I think also what's important to note is from, um, I think as we, we mentioned earlier, from a computer science degree perspective, it is kind of broad, right? And so what these organizations are gonna look for is what you want to specialize in. And so uh, if it is, from a cybersecurity perspective, I have uh, lots of recommendations here locally in South Africa for you on that if it's from a security perspective, but then still security, CISSP has eight domains of security, right? And so we would we would need to have done the research prior to me even um, recommending these roles or these organizations so that you know exactly what it is you, that you want to focus on and start building some skills in what it is that you want to focus on so that you are able to land that internship or that graduate opportunity. Such, such good, good advice. And so... Someone actually asked here in the comments, actually what I was gonna ask next, which is how can a person start in cybersecurity, even if they don't have any experience, they don't have any degree or anything to really show for it on paper, how can they get started in cybersecurity and what steps would you recommend? Yeah, so the steps that I would recommend if I was starting today with like basically from zero, no knowledge, nothing. I would definitely, firstly, find out um, what the cybersecurity thing is all about, right? Because there's a lot of information out there and we need to understand what is the cybersecurity thing all about. And so the only thing I would do is research. That, that's the first thing I would do. I would do research, what is cybersecurity? What are the different uh, domains in cybersecurity? What do cybersecurity professionals do? Watch YouTube videos on a day in the life of a cybersecurity professional, you know, and then once you start seeing what the different domains are and areas that you can focus, now you go more specific. What does a cyber threat analyst do? What does a cybersecurity analyst do, et cetera? Because it's very important that you early on already find the space 
that firstly you enjoy that makes you happy you know that makes that that makes you feel like you can do this job every single day it's very important that you find that space first you find your passion um, and then you build up the knowledge and skills to solidify your passion so after research i would find out what it is that i'm interested in in all of those eight domains of cissp or the nist nice framework that's also a great framework to go and find out where you think you want to fit in and it describes different roles etc and once i do that so once i've now researched i now have a focus domain that i've selected then i will now go more specific and i will go and find firstly free training on the focus domain that I have selected. It's very important that you first find the free training resources because that helps you to see if you're sitting there doing a four hour course on being a cybersecurity analyst, that you are enjoying that content and you are enjoying that course. It's very important to invest in yourself and your skills, but it's also very important to know a little bit about what you're investing in so that it all doesn't go, go to waste. And then number one thing for me is Certifications solidify your knowledge and your skills that you've learned. But skills building and actual execution of those skills are very important. So if you want to be a security engineer, a cloud professional, a security analyst, build those skills. Go into the cloud provider websites, Microsoft, Amazon, and I believe Google provide free training to their, on their platforms and for you to be able to build an Azure environment, build an AWS environment and use those controls, deploy those controls. And then in the process of this, create your profile, share the knowledge that you are learning so that you can build a network for yourself in the security communities and be noticeable on LinkedIn so that when an employer gets your resume, they go and they check and they see that this is what you're interested in. This is the domain you focus. This is how many labs you have built. You can definitely do this job. And that will definitely help you go miles ahead to getting your first role into security. That is so, so good. And I love how a lot of that advice is kind of almost like carrying over into other areas of tech too. You definitely want to make sure, is this actually something you want to do? I love the advice about looking into free training because some people are like, man, do I even really want to do this? Like, I don't know if I really want to invest in this degree. And then all of a sudden I realize, oh, I don't think this is for me. So definitely doing that is so, so good. But then I love yeah. also the advice on not just getting certifications, but making sure you have skills to show for it. So um, definitely, definitely, definitely important because when you do that, that definitely shows that you can actually do the job because it'd be very, very difficult if you find a company you're aligned with, but that company can't really see what you've done. So definitely preparing yourself that way is awesome. So I believe we have one more question from someone in the audience. I will join a college in cybersecurity major. Um, how can I improve myself because I'm in the first year? Yeah, so I think uh, it, it goes on. If you're in uh, doing your cybersecurity major at the moment, then 
very important. What I would do in this case, I would make sure that I know what my focus domain is and I would start building skills in that focus domain in parallel to the qualification that you're doing at the moment. Because that really ensures that when you get out of that program, you also have skills to demonstrate what you've learned. You have a lab environment to demonstrate this. And, and in parallel, you know, you've built, you've now got the knowledge and you've got the skills. So that's that's what I would do to to enhance and improve yourself throughout that journey. Yes, knowledge plus skills. I think that's kind of what we keep hearing over and over. I think in the tech space, knowledge yeah. plus skills is going to get you so, so far. So I actually have one final question for you. I know that on Cyber Queen, um, you teach people all things about, you know, cybersecurity and, and even in the cloud as well. But I kind of just want to end this with uh, maybe some advice for people and their personal security. So in, you know, kind of staying safe online, um, what would you say would be the first steps or the things that we would kind of need to check on a regular basis to make sure that maybe our own devices are secure or our own personal security is set up the way that it should be? Yeah, so the first thing for me, um, and it's two things, and it's two basics that go hand in hand, but, and I mean, everyone says this, trust me, every single day I read it, if someone says it, but it is your passwords and multi-factor authentication. Passwords are still the biggest cause of security incidents globally. Um, just for context, if we look at the colonial pipeline, the breach was caused by an old password that was found in a previous breach of an old VPN account on that infrastructure, right? And I mean, the major outages and damage that that caused is mind-blowing and it's just all because of an of a password so the first thing like the passwords and multi-factor authentication i mean even if you think your passwords are secure just go and update them make sure you're using a password manager and wherever possible use multi-factor authentication it is so so critical because multi-factor authentication just allow just enables that extra step and most of the time if it's cyber criminals you know just scanning out there and trying to access and brute force and you know access accounts etc and you've got multi-factor authentication then it's skipped over because that's now too complex it must be contextualized that anybody that's a target eventually there's a 95% chance that you are going to get hacked, right? They're going to try and try and try in different ways. They're going to fish you. They're going to try and scam you, mm -hmm. et cetera. And, and so if you're a target, that is, is a whole different situation. But every single day, there are scanners, vulnerability devices, you know, cyber criminals hunting all over the internet for weak things that they can find using known common data breach data like mm -hmm. you know t-mobile breach has mm -hmm. you know they their data has been compromised and then people think oh it's just an incident and it goes away no the data gets dumped onto the dark web now there's a whole database that's being built and that data is being sold off so now a cyber criminal can build a whole profile about a person before they target them um and so mm -hmm. many people day-to-day -day people think that no i can't be targeted i'm not a target. you might not be a target but someone can just scan something they can find that oh this account doesn't have mfa let's try and brute force this password right and and that's really how it works and so that's why 
having proper secure passwords are absolutely critical. Use a password manager because then you only need to remember the one single password to that password manager. Use uh, biometrics wherever you can instead of typing in your passwords or your codes every time and use multi-factor authentication on everything. It's one step that will literally save your life <laughs> from a cyber context world. And so those are the basics. And after that, I mean, it goes to the cyber hygiene things, right? Like updating your software. That's so critical because most of the time software updates are released due to critical vulnerabilities that's been identified. And especially if those vulnerabilities have an available exploit, like we've seen recently with the Apple vulnerabilities that that's been found, that means that attackers now have a piece of code that they can run to execute and actually exploit that vulnerability on your system, which means those become really elevated risk and we've got to patch them, right? And so updating your software is absolutely critical. And so, and also installing an antivirus type software on your phone, on your computer, everywhere is very, very important. And then um, the last one I'll add for the basics is clicking on links and actually opening documents is like, it is such a touch and go in that space because um, I mean, any link, links look so legitimate and, you know, they, but they can just really go anywhere. And you might think that it's a legitimate site, but it's downloading malware in the, in the background. And so it's really, really a scary thing. And most of the time, uh, antiviruses can prevent that type of activity, provided that it's a signature of malware that's been seen before, etc. But, um, but people are people and, you know, people are going to click on links. And we know, like, in the cyber world, cybersecurity awareness training is so important. And it's so important to keep reiterating what we teach people because the weakest link in the chain is, like, literally the human being is the weakest link in the chain. Mm -hmm. So where we succeed is if we can even teach 1% of more people on the globe to think more securely then we're succeeding by 1% more for that day. Uh, and so that's the aim. Yes, I love that. If we can just, just a little, just a little bit by day, we can eventually grab the whole world, right? But I did yeah. want to also add something else about the whole um, antivirus. If you ever have something pop up on computer that's like, you have all these errors and you need to pay now to get them all fixed, most of the time that that is not, I would even say almost all the time that's a scam or spam or or some hacker, especially if you've already bought antivirus, you definitely can pick up on that. Um, so that's one common one that people are doing now. Um, the whole email thing, like sending out if you're an employer, you're a famous employer, and they know, like, for example, um, Hertz is a comp is a big company that's like, oh, Hertz.com is their domain. So they know most people are like, oh, their emails are first name dot last name or first initial last name at such and such. They'll try all those combinations. And if it doesn't go through, then they know it's not a good one. If it does, and they know they probably got you. They just need to hope that you didn't complete your work security training. <laughs> yeah, but, Absolutely. but yeah, it's, it's, it's so crazy how these hackers are doing so many things. Um, it's just amazing. So thank you for that information. Um, and I definitely know there's some things even I have to kind of make sure I've got um, in place. But 
thank you, Venetia, for being on here. And I just want to end by just asking you to kind of tell everybody where they can find you. And I also know it's Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So if you can, along with that, kind of tell us maybe some things we can get involved in or maybe even some things that you might be having going on on your page as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the best place to find, find me at the moment is here on Instagram at cyber.green underscore is my handle. And uh, most people just chat with me in the DMs, really. I respond like twice or three times a week in the DMs. If it's complex questions, then I will, you know, take the time to answer those complex questions. Um, so that's that's really where I'm most reachable at the moment. From a cybersecurity awareness month perspective, yeah, it's a really, really busy month. Um, we're we're doing a lot of stuff at, on the Microsoft side, and then I'm doing a lot of information sharing on my page. What I am, what I'm doing is I'm sharing in two categories because uh, the theme of Cyber Awareness Month is be cyber smart, and so I'm sharing a lot of information. Like today, I actually shared my my basic checklist of how I stay safe online. Um, and I also shared, you know, some contextual information for people expecting that, you know, they may not be a target or the information is not being used or their passwords are not important, etc. So I, I share um, snippets of, you know, how to protect yourself online, my checklists, all of that. And then from a career guidance perspective, which is really where, where I'm trying to focus at the moment, um, I share a lot of the workshop information that I find online um, that is free or that people send to me that, you know, we're having summits, we're enabling people, we're having career discussions, etc. So I'm sharing a lot of that information. So if that's something people are interested in, then definitely stay tuned to my stories and to my page for that information. And I'm also going live every single week this month talking about career enablement journeys, uh, talking about training. Uh, we'll be talking about networking in cybersecurity next and how to advance yourself and get ahead. So um, I'll be sharing some information about that live soon. Uh, but yeah, it's a busy month. Stay tuned to the page. I'm sharing a lot of goodies and freebies and getting into cyber information. Um, so that's what's happening. <laughs> Great, 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 great. Well, thank you once again for being on here. You gave such great information as you always do. Definitely have no doubt. Um, and we just enjoyed you being on here. Please continue to give us the cyber wisdom because I know we all need it, um, especially in these times. So we so appreciate you. Thank you for being on here. And we hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks for having me. And thanks to everyone who joined. And yeah, have an awesome day. All right, everyone. Okay, guys, I'm going to stay on for just a little bit like I normally do. Was that not amazing info or what? I'm even going to put some of my own little, you know, fire uh, emojis down here because I definitely appreciate everything that she shares and I knew that she's going to bring wisdom. So um, if you guys, um, this is the first time that you have followed me, I want to say welcome. Um, my name is Jackie and I'm the founder of Tech Girls Code and I teach women how to find either a non-coding or coding job um, in tech. On this page, I share with you um, just smooth transitions or smooth strategies and, and uh, best practices for transitioning into tech. And I also talk a lot about different coding um, 
just coding advice, um, coding tips, even some coding secrets and things that you probably didn't know if you're trying to be a developer. So definitely follow if that's something that you are interested in. I do these lives every Tuesday. This is our first of the third season of Tech Girls Chat. So thank you for being on here. Um, definitely tune in to next Tuesday um, for our next guest. Um, and I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. So thank you guys for joining and we'll see you next week. Now, wasn't that an amazing episode? I'm sure that if you are looking into cybersecurity, that you got so much value out of that episode. And if you want to connect with Venetia, definitely head on over to Instagram at cyber.queen underscore. Again, that's cyber.queen underscore. Venetia is amazing and she has some incredible resources that she can help you with in order to get into cybersecurity. And so thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this week. We will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tech Girls Cast. If you'd like to leave your personal story about how this podcast is impacting your life, please feel free to email me at podcast at techgirlscode.com or leave me a podcast review. I love hearing your stories and I can't wait to share them with those who may need to hear them as well. I look forward to all the future episodes and what I will be sharing with you. But until next week, sis, I'll talk to you then.